Hey there, Pastor Mark Jordan here from Hope Church. Thank you for stopping by and welcome to our online ministry. While you're here, make sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can stay up to date on all the content that's released. And while you're online, visit us at our webpage at placeofhope.org. Hope Church is on a mission to introduce people to Jesus and fuel their love for Him. And we hope that this message today is helpful and inspiring for you as you continue to take your next step on your faith journey. Once again, thanks for visiting us and make sure to check us out at placeofhope.org. Happy Mother's Day, my friends. It, it seems to me that in God's economy, the, the mom, the mother, is perhaps the most important position. And I am grateful for the ladies in my life who are most important for me. My grandmothers, my mom, my wife, and those who model the example of godly and sacrificial love. So a very happy Mother's Day from me to you. I know as I say this every year, and I feel compelled to do it, I know sometimes these days hit differently. I know we have some here this morning who are celebrating their first Mother's Day. But I also know that there are some here this morning celebrating their first Mother's Day without their mom or without a child. And maybe you are celebrating the string, a string of Mother's Days where you are in a broken relationship with your mom or with a child. And so as we gather today, we can watch silly videos like that that honor the true beauty of motherhood, as I said, in God's economy. But we also come together as God's family to recognize that some days or sometimes these days just hit differently than others. So I celebrate Mother's Day and I celebrate God's family as we are here today at Hope Church. Welcome. I'm glad that you're here. Today we are bringing the third installment in our Dollars and Cents message series. And I hope that you have found this series so far to be challenging, to be helpful, to be hopeful, to be comforting. All the above. I hope that you are experiencing this series in the way that it certainly was intended. Today we're going to look at the four laws of God's blessing. The four laws of God's blessing. This would be a good time, if you've not done so already, to go ahead and pull out your Hope Church Plus app. The follow-along notes for the message are at the very top of the home screen. I also posted them in the comments section of our live stream, both on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, and it is available on our Hope Church uh, website, placeofhope.org, if you'd like to use the follow-along notes this morning to help you get through uh, the message or to stay awake or whatever it is. But um, I promise we're going to get through this together. But the idea about these four laws of God's blessings speak to, of course, the financial responsibilities that we have in life, but it is also including the resources that we've discussed over the last couple, week, couple weeks, talking about our precious limited resources of time and energy and and money. Now, we recognize that we have limited resources individually as humans. Uh, we only have a certain capacity to be able to gather and collect as well as to give and distribute, but we come together acknowledging, as Brent said in his uh, prayer just before our collection time, uh, that we serve a God who owns the cattle in a thousand hills. And so when we think about God who exists outside of time, God has all the time in eternity. God has all of the resources 
of energy. And he chooses to bring these together in what we know as love. And then he also exists beyond the things that we use to be able to buy or to sell or to barter, things like that. And so when we think about the four lessons as it pertains to the laws of God's blessing, I want you to think about how this does pertain to time and energy as well as money. But money is one of those things that we can be a little bit stingy with or afraid that we're going to run out of it in ways that we don't necessarily think about in terms of time or energy. Now, I want to say something about that really, really quickly before we dig into the main content. Is I learned back when I was working on my doctorate work about the difference between saying I don't have enough time and I don't have enough energy. Early on, when I was doing a lot of my practicum work and having to write papers and all that other glorious stuff that goes along with it, uh, I, I would find myself compelled to say, if, I, if there was a request for my presence or something like that, say, I don't have enough time. But what I realized was that, believe it or not, even as a doctoral candidate, I had the same amount of time as every other person in the world. And so the people who might have a request or demand for my time also had the same amount of time that I did. And what occurred to me was that it wasn't that I didn't have enough time for something. I realized that I didn't have enough energy for something. And so when I thought about how finite the resources of time and energy were, and I saw how that worked within the idea and the concept of generosity and with money, it helped me to realize in a way that I don't think I'd ever fully grasped previously— that we look at our resources of time and energy and money with a finite capacity. When we started this series, I talked about the difference between a mindset of abundance and a mindset of scarcity. If you remember that from our very first message, we talked about a mindset of abundance versus scarcity. We tend to look at the world with its finite resources and our ability to engage with those finite resources as though whenever we spend something or we allow our time or energy or our money to be deployed into a certain area, that we are actually running less and less and less with it. But what ends up happening when we look at the laws of God's blessing, the more that we engage our resources of time and energy and money, we need not look at them from a position of scarcity as they were going to run out because of what Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10. I came to give life and to give life in what? Abundance. God's whole plan was to take what we see as scarcity and limited and finite and to show us that in, in him there is abundance. There is beauty. There is multiplication exponentially so. And so when we receive the blessings that God gives us in terms of our time and our energy and our financial resources, and we choose to invest them into the kingdom of God, then it is just like when you plant one tomato seed. Do you expect to get one tomato? No. You expect to get many tomatoes. Or when you plant a corn seed or a watermelon seed or an apple seed. You don't plant a seed and expect to just get one in return. Because what we know when we invest our resources, finite and limited though they may be, that God has this power and blessing of multiplication. And so when we give God our time and our energy and our financial resources, God doesn't just add to what we have. He exponentially adds to it. He multiplies it. 
And we see this in the church. That when you bring your gift of time and energy and money, and I bring my gifts and other people bring their gifts, that it's not just addition. We're talking about multiplication here and our ability to impact the world, beginning right here in our own church through our community, begins to grow exponentially as well. So these are the laws of God's blessing. Genesis chapter 12, verse 2, helps us to see that our blessings should flow out. Your blessings should flow out. I put uh, a whole lot of emphasis on this. Your blessings should flow out. This becomes one of those struggles that we experience because we want to think of blessing in terms of what we receive or what we achieve. But our blessings are designed to flow outward, not inward. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 2, when God is talking to Abram, he says, I will bless you and you will be a blessing. God is speaking into the life and the promise of Abram, soon to be Abraham. And he's telling you, I am going to bless you for the purpose of making you a blessing for others. This begins the idea of this mindset of how God works within our hearts and our minds and our very lives to tell us that he blesses us for the purpose not just of us to achieve or acquire things, but so that we can also pour them out. That God uses us as vessels or conduits. I love that image. But God uses us as vessels and conduits so that we may be the avenue by which God blesses the world. So God's blessings on us are not meant just to flow in, but to flow from, through, out, and to. And so when you receive the blessings of God in your time, in your energy, in your money, and you choose to give those back into the kingdom of God work that we do here at Hope Church in our community and throughout all creation, we are multiplying the presence and the power of God's glory wherever we go, whatever we do, whatever we say, wherever we are. This is the idea of God blessing you to be a blessing for others. That's the first law of God's blessing. The second one is tied directly to it, is that God blesses you when you bless others. God blesses you when you bless others. In Luke chapter 18, verses 29 through 30, we read these words from Jesus. He said, I assure you that everyone who has given up house or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will be repaid many times over in this life and will have eternal life in the world to come. This can be a challenging verse for some because of our propensity to think that the blessings are for us to collect and for us to hold on to. Jesus is telling us very clearly when he says, I assure you. He's not saying I recommend or I suggest to you. I assure you that when you give up your house or your wife or your brothers or your parents or your children for the kingdom of God, you will be repaid many times over. So I don't know if there are any mothers in here today who would like to take Jesus up on that offer and give your husbands and your children away at least for a day, right? <laughs> I guess that seemed funnier in my head than it did in reality. But the reality is, is that when we give these things up, what Jesus is saying is that when you allow your focus not just to be on those things, then you can see those things and you can see all of the opportunity and the potential that God has in store for you. 
It's not about keeping our fists clenched and closed as much as it is our hands open and say, God, I give to you the blessings that you've given me of my spouse, my parents, of my children, of my siblings, of the place where I work, the place where I live, and all the things that I have to give. I see that you've given these things for me, not just for me to hold on to and to collect and to carry around, but to open my hands, to empty my pockets, and to say, I take these blessings that you give me for the sake of giving them to others. And what we realize is Jesus would also say in the Sermon on the Mount, that when you seek first the kingdom of God, then God adds everything else on top of the things that we tend to want to hold on to and to collect. I, I hope that makes sense. It seems kind of, kind of counterintuitive, doesn't it? But this is the way the law of multiplication is that when we allow our desires to be released and relinquished for the sake of God and for the sake of God's love and God's kingdom, then everything else has a way of coming back to us. You know, that old children's song, love isn't love until it's given away. We see the same thing when you go to light candles, right? On Christmas Eve, we stand in here together. And if you haven't been to a Christmas Eve service in here, I know I'm plugging in a little early. But I, just, I want you to put on your calendar. It's December 24th this coming year, okay? Um, but when we do the Christmas Eve sharing of the Christ candle light, I never worry about the light becoming dimmer on the candle when I pass it. The room begins to get filled with light. This is God's blessing for you and for me, that when we're willing to share that which we have with others around us, God blesses it in such a magnificent and miraculous way that the whole world benefits from our desire and our willingness to be generous. So the third law of God's blessings is how our blessings do indeed come back to us. Our blessings come back. Sometimes they come back in ways that we expect. Oftentimes they don't. Oftentimes the way God works these miraculous blessings in our lives challenges our preconceived notions. But what it does is it helps us to see and to open our hearts and our minds and our lives to the very reality that God is in the multiplication business. Let's look at our verse from Luke chapter 6, verse 38. We read where Jesus says, Give away your life and you will find life given back, but not merely given back, given back with bonus and blessing. This speaks to that whole nature of multiplication, that when you give of your life and you give of your time and your energy and, yes, even your money, then God's laws of blessing say your blessings are intended to flow out from you. You are blessed when you bless others, and God sends the blessings back to you through your connection to God's holy family, also known as the church. And so this brings us to the fourth law of God's blessing today, that the more God blesses you, the more God expects of you. The more God blesses you, the more God expects of you. Last week, we talked about this specifically with how we look at the idea of reciprocity and promotion, that when God gives to us and he asks and expects us to give back to others, 
that the return that we receive on those investments, so and I, we're talking about spiritual ROI here, right? When the return that we receive on those blessings is greater than anything we would have experienced had we not given of those blessings. Again, it comes back to the idea when you plant a seed, you don't just expect to get one piece in return. You're planting for the sake of multiplication. And this is what God wants to do for you and for me. Luke chapter 12, verse 30, 20, I'm sorry, 48. It's between <laughs> two, four, three. Jesus said, much is required from the person to whom much is given. Much more is required from the person to whom much more is given. Last week, we talked about the widow's offering, if you remember that. And how when Jesus saw the widow who was giving her two pennies, compared to the others who were coming and giving their tithe or what they had, Jesus said that the greatest gift was the one who gave out of what she had, not what she had left over. And so this is the whole idea and the point about the more God blesses you, the more God expects of you. And so when you have a gift that you are called and required to share, the more of that gift that you have, the more God wants you to share. It's all proportion, right? It's not about us being able to just get by with 10%. It's about us looking how much can I do with all that I am and all that I have? I want God to bless me. And so we look back and we review those four laws of God's blessings. We see that our blessings should flow out, that God blesses us when, you bless, when we bless, that our blessings come back to us. And the more God blesses you, we realize the more God expects of you. And so this brings us to this kind of summarizing point, that the more generous you are with what God gives you, the more you'll see God blessing you in return. Does anyone have an illustration that they would like to share that contradicts that point? We've got nine minutes left in the service of one more song. I can take them a second or two. Listen. <laughs> no. Sometimes it's a procedural thing. Sometimes it's hard to see it in the minute and in the moment. But these four laws of God's blessing which point to generosity, help remind us that when we are generous, God is generous in return. When we are stingy, God can also be stingy. It comes down to how much room are you leaving in your heart and in your mind, in your soul, and in your strength for the love of God to work. Because the more that we seek to collect and achieve and acquire stuff and hold it in our arms, we will reach the point of what my dad used to always refer to as the law of diminishing returns. That the more that we try to hold on to, the more and more we become aware that we can't carry it all. We can't hold it all. We can't bear it all. Therefore, we must be ready to give it away, to let it go to turn it loose. And that's the challenge that God gives us when it comes to our finances and our energy and even our time. That the more we try to hold on to it, the less ability we have to be able to receive more. And so if we want to receive more, then it's about giving more. I'm not talking about this in terms of transactional nature, but about a spiritual posture of God, I recognize that whenever I try to hold so tightly to the things that you've given me, the less able I am to turn them loose. And then when I don't turn them loose, the less able I am to be able to share more, to receive more, 
and to experience the abundance of blessing that God gives with this mindset of multiplication over addition. So how do we do this? I'm glad you asked. I, I mean, I guess I am the one that primed the question, but how do we do this? The first thing that we look at is the tithe. God set the tithe in motion going all the way back to the time of Abraham. And the whole idea was to give a tenth, recognizing that God's gift and God's blessing is about giving to God and to God's people and to God's world. And so when we give the 10%, we aren't asking God to bless the 10% or God to bless the 90%, but to, for God to bless the whole enchilada, right? That's the tithe. The tithe actually is the standard. Unfortunately, in our culture, we look at it as the goal. It's the standard. That's the standard by which God asks us to give, is to share that 10% so that he can bless the 90%. No, so he can bless the 100%. God blesses that which we keep as well as that which we give. And so the tithe is the first part. That's the standard, not the goal. And then beyond that, we are called to give of what we know as offerings. We talked a lot over the last couple of years about the tithe that we give to the church and the offerings that we did primarily in the debt-free 23 campaign to pay off the building, to help this church be debt-free. And we are. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. But that does not absolve us from still being called and challenged to give. It's easy for us to look at it like that's the goal. We met the goal. We can relax as opposed to stepping up and stepping out and saying that's the standard we have opportunities coming up before us now. We started pushing the fact that we are about to engage in our annual participation in the summer feeding program through Kai Ministries. We need people who are willing to donate their time and their energy and, yes, their money to help make sure that we can feed our neighborhood children who face food insecurity. It may be hard for some of us to understand, but there are so many children in this community. And Kaya aims to feed 500 children a day. But it's hard for us to fathom that there are some children who do not have anything to eat outside of school meals at breakfast or at lunch. We do weekend snack packs so that we can help feed those children over the weekends. But what happens when school is out? Well, that's why we do things like the summer feeding program or summer lunch. And so we are in the process now of collecting food items or even money to help go to purchase the food items for the sake of providing lunches for the 500 or so children in our community who face food insecurity. We also need your time and your energy to help us do things like pack the meals and to deliver the meals. Friends, this is a way that we can receive the blessings that God has given us and not try to hold them, collect them, corral them, but to deploy them and say, this little pack of ramen noodles and this fruit snack is going to go to help soothe a grumbling tummy. Just something simple that so many of us take for granted. But without it, there are people who are struggling. You know, it's been oftentimes said, people cannot hear the gospel over the noise of a rumbling tummy. And so these are just simple ways that we can take our time and our energy and our money and to deploy them right here in our church and our community throughout all creation by being generous, the tithe, to give to God and God's church, the offerings to do a little bit extra, a little bit more, or a lot extra, a lot more in order to help 
people know about the goodness of God. You've seen the results of that this morning in our graduate recognition about how our young people, from our youngest preschoolers that celebrated graduation in here on Thursday, to those who are being graduated from college, how the ministry of Hope Church is about truly introducing people to Jesus and feeling their love for him. And I love how Brent said that the study Bible is a great investment into the spiritual life of those who receive it. And I believe that. And like Brent said, it's one of my absolute favorite study Bibles. I love it. And it's a gift that we can give. And I'll say this as well. If you, know, if you need a good study Bible, let me know. Talk to Brent. We'll take care of that for you. That's what we do. And if you need a pack of fruit snacks, let me know. I think we can probably hook you up. <laughs> That's how we do it. It's with our generosity. To recognize that God set generosity of the tithe, 10%, as the standard, and he asks us to give back and to help in our giving back from the tithe to the offering and beyond to help point people to Jesus and fuel their love for him. And so where do we begin? That's a good question. I'm glad you asked it too. Start where you are. Seriously. Start where you are. Start where you can. I previewed this last week with the story about the widow's offering. If the best that you can do today is two pennies, then for crying out loud, give those two pennies. Trust God that when we are generous with what we have, he is generous with what he has. Our resources are limited. God's are not. And so, start where you are. And then grow a step. Take another step. I like to think of this in very basic, simple $5 increments. And we talked about 23 for 23. If you give on average of $5 a week, it comes out to about $23 a month. Imagine what God can do with $5 a week or $23 a month here in the church, in the church, in the community, and all of us around the world. Think about that. That's a challenge. Start where you are. If you can do $5 a week, great. If that looks more like $500 or $5,000 or $500,000 a week, God bless you. Come see me. We'll figure something out. <laughs> but <laughs> we got to start somewhere. And we got to be willing to grow and to take that next step. It's easy at times for us to be more generous than others. I recognize that. These are scary times in the economy. We hear all the economic prognosticators saying that there may be a recession on the horizon or worse. It's hard for us to say, oh, I've got to be generous with this because I don't know what's going to happen next. But you know, when you're shaking your hand, you say, I've got to hold on to this. What ends up happening? Things just start falling and flailing and flopping and everywhere else. That's not how God wants us to live. God wants us to be firm and faithful in our generosity. Did you know that generosity is the only time that God permits us as people to test him? It's the only time in all the scripture. Jesus had a lot to say about people who look for signs. People are constantly asking God to do something to prove to me that you're there. Prove to me that you care. Jesus says it's a wicked generation that looks for signs like that. But in the Old Testament, the scriptures, we read that God says, faithfulness for your finances 
is the one place where we are not just permitted, but encouraged to test God. If you trust God with your resources, and you open your hand to bless and to give, then God's going to take those, and he's going to bless you because of what we saw this morning. This is four laws of God's blessing. God gives to you so that they can flow through you. God blesses you when you bless others. When you bless others, your blessings come back. Sometimes they come back in ways expected. Many times they come back in ways that are unexpected. But the more that God blesses you, the more God expects of you. And so this morning, as we prepare to close our service and our band comes up to lead us in our final song, I want you to think about the blessings that God has placed in your life. The resources that you have, the time and the energy and the money that God wants to give to you to give back to the church and to be at work in this community and throughout all creation. If you have at times challenged or been challenged with living a life of abundance versus scarcity, let this moment be one where we turn loose of those concerns and say, Dear God, I recognize that all things come from you. And you want to bless me so that I can be a blessing to others. However it is that we find ourselves here this morning, may we realize that it's in the Lord God who meets us here and asks us to trust him and to give back to him and allow the Lord to be blessed by him through the work that you and I and we do collectively as Hope Church. For our congregation, for our community, and across all creation. we pray with me, please? Living and loving God, I thank you for today and for giving us this model of the ways that you work blessings in our lives. You do indeed bless us so that we may be blessings for others. You give us the gifts that we have in our life, not for us to hold on to or to collect, but to flow out from us. And that you choose to bless us when we bless others. We thank you that your blessings come back to us when we are willing to be generous and to give. And we thank you for ways that you surprise us with your miracles that are constantly at work in our lives. And so, Lord God, I know that to whom much is given, much is required, and to whom much more is given, much more is required. So help us to start right where we are and to continue to seek out ways to grow for you and to help see the work and the ministry of this church grow in our community and throughout all creation. So where we start where we are and we seek to grow to be closer to you and closer to each other. I pray, Lord God, that we find that it is you as the hub of the wheel that pulls us closer and closer with the inertia of generosity so that we may be deployed into the world to make a difference in your name. I ask this in the precious name of Jesus, the ultimate gift and the giver who asks us to give as well. Amen. Thank you again for joining us today. We are glad that you stopped by. Again, we want to encourage you to visit us online at placeofhope.org. If you're in the Paulding County area there, you can get service times, directions, and information about all of our awesome activities for children, for students, and for adults. Again, Hope Church is on a mission to introduce people to Jesus and fuel their love for Him, and we hope to provide you the heart fuel you need to follow Jesus. Thanks again.